0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to You Are Beautiful. And if you didn't hear it today already, let me say it to you right now. You are, wait for it, beautiful. That's right. My name is Lawrence Zarian, but since we are going to be instant fast friends, you can call me LZ. On this podcast, some of my uh, closest friends from television, film, movies, influencers, designers they're going to be here with me with us talking about how they feel what makes them feel beautiful and when they look in the mirror what do they see it's going to be a fun ride trust us trust me and let's have some fun hey and by the way let me say it again you are beautiful Okay. So Rachel Harris, what I love about this whole setup is we keep saying, are you in? Are you in? Are you in? Who starts a conversation like that except a porn director, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in.
0: I'm in. I'm in deep. I'm balls deep. Since you are in and you're deep, you and I are going to have a uh, love session for about 45 minutes. You think you can handle this jelly?
1: Not only can I handle this jelly, I welcome it. I've been looking forward to it ever since my best friend, Kevin Gessé, one of my dearest best friends, was like, Rachel, my friend Lawrence is doing a podcast. And would you do it? And I was like, of course I would. So it just feels like it's been like that we've had to travel to the Grand Canyon and back to get here.
0: But just so you know, you and I have been sort of circling each other. Number one, I was very attracted and put the moves on Kevin Gache. <laughs> Kevin Gache, And let me just tell you. Me too. Every time I see him, I'm like, big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> he made a mistake, but he didn't say yes. I think he did. Chemistry one way never works. You need two people to tango. Because I've been doing my own chemistry for a long time, and I, I'm ready to welcome somebody else in.
1: I think this would be a good match. I do too. I mean, just the, the vibe and the- The energy. And the back and forth already. Yeah. And we both have good hair. Really good hair. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin and I have been friends for a long time. But it sounds like you guys are really good friends too. So you know everything and that that makes me love you more.
0: You meet people at the right place in the right time and we met. Let me just say this. So first of all, nice to officially meet you, number one. Number two, thank you for joining me on uh, my favorite journey, my podcast called You Are Beautiful. So thank you for joining me.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having
0: me. You know, I think life is always six degrees of someone. Who do you think that you and I have in common, and she is one of my favorite people. She is officially my wife in my next life. You're very close to her, but every time I see you on her Instagram or Insta story, or every time I see her on yours, you on hers, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to get into this pool. Who do you think it is? Is it Kelly Rippa? <laughs> Kelly Rippa, yes. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, it's Kelly Ripa. Oh
1: my God, now Kelly Rippa.
0: Yeah, so I will go on record and say it is Kelly Ripa Zarian, and Terry Terian Ripa. Like, we have officially gone on record. I've been on that show forever. I was actually, like, there the day before she got there. And we have gone on record saying, she is my wife in my next life. So I know you're jealous right now. I know you wanted that I'm to be me. so needed, jealous. But it's, but it's not happening.
1: I know. Well, she's, she's my sister wife. She- <laughs> so I would then become your, like, a second wife. She'd be number one, right?
0: Would she move out of the brownstone in manhattan would you move out of your home and would we move to amish country yeah we
1: could yeah or we might go to like who knows maybe we could make our own amish country in like montecito or i mean she loves it hot you know what i mean like she doesn't like cold weather she's definitely she runs hot
0: no she likes the heat which is which is why she chose me (laughs) you're welcome oh i can play this game Speaking of tennis, you know, I think the last couple of years for everyone has been this really amazing opportunity to regroup, restart, refresh, figure stuff out. Yeah. So my question for you right now, when you look in the mirror, what do you see?
1: I listened to your podcast and I knew you were going to probably going to ask me this question. The first time you asked it, I listened to you interviewing Garcel, and I was like, do I tell him the truth? And then I was like, well, you're only as sick as your secrets. So when I look in the mirror, personally, where I'm at today, post, but we're still in the middle of this pandemic, right? For example, I try to look in the mirror every day and say to myself, you're safe, you are okay, and you are loved, which is a big Mel Robbins thing. And then yesterday, I took a video, but I didn't post it, of myself looking in the mirror after I looked in the mirror. And I said, sometimes you look in the mirror to high five yourself and you see... That you got to pluck the hairs out of the mole on your face. Oh, because your secrets. Yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah. uh But in all honesty, lately when I see myself, I see that I look tired.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But there's a good reason that I look tired. And it's because I have a three-year-old and a, and a five-year-old. I share custody with my ex-husband and I'm in the process of moving to a really great home. So I'm tired for all the right reasons.
0: And you're also sleeping with the devil. So let, let's just point that out on Lucifer. So, I mean, that probably has to steam your ass every now and then. So don't forget sleeping yeah. with the devil on Lucifer. So yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that is that does steam my, my undercarriage. But- I, I see somebody who is, you know, just trying to, like, I feel like a lot of women right now just trying to, especially if you have young children, just white knuckling it through the day. And it takes a group of friends, you know, and support system that's just like, yeah, just reminding me constantly to stay in today, don't future trip.
0: There are some adages that I live by. I love that term, sick is your secrets. One of mm-hmm. my favorites is one day at a time.
1: Well, hello. I'm a friend of Lois's, so I've been doing that since 1993.
0: I'm a friend of Bill's, and Rachel, sometimes I get stuck. Like, today is one of those days. Like, yesterday, I'm also struggling a little bit with some post-COVID symptoms with a little uh, ear blockage, with sometimes brain fog, and yesterday was one of those days that I was spinning out of control, and Mm -hmm. every single thought... I had in my head was wrong. I put somebody on blast. I had to talk to them, had to talk to them. Then I get them on the phone this morning and then I throw up a whole bunch of stuff and they're like, what? I created the weirdest story in my head and it's never truth. And I forgot to get grounded. I forgot to talk to God. I forgot to find my own center. And now I have to sit in, look what I created. I don't know. I don't know it's just a, it's a, it's a crazy time yeah. for ever it's a crazy time for everyone so let me ask you as a mom yeah how do you navigate all of that and the best names ever I got to tell you Henry and Otto
1: those are such oh, good names That's very sweet It's honestly Lawrence it is very challenging and I know that my ex-husband he shares custody that it is extraordinarily challenging for him as well and I think we do a good job of trying to balance it all out. It's definitely not easy because you're dealing with COVID. I'm so sorry you had COVID. I had COVID in January of 21, wow. 2021, when before vaccines and I had to isolate with the boys mm-hmm. who were then two and four, for 10, like 12 days while I was sick. And it was one of the scariest. I feel like I still have, I know I have some PTSD from that because I'm, I just went and got my second booster today. Ironically enough, because I'm so freaked out about COVID.
0: Do you have any sort of symptoms that have stuck around?
1: I don't, but I can tell you, my nanny, who is—I hate calling her my nanny—nanny nanny because she's like my partner in crime and helping me raise my boys. She's still from January of 2021. Still has no smell, no taste.
0: You're kidding? No. That's crazy. That's crazy.
1: It's horrifying.
0: I talked to my therapist about it and um, she keeps reminding me and A, if somebody's struggling in their life and they don't have a therapist, get your shit together. Talk to somebody that will help you and guide you because there's nothing better than having somebody see the world differently. Mm -hmm. But she reminds me, she's like, Lawrence, it's called the novel coronavirus because it's just novel. And everybody's affected by it differently, and it's no joke. So, for people that aren't wearing masks, for people that feel that, oh my god, I'm in fear, it's not gonna happen. No, it might not happen to you, but it could affect someone like someone like me that really yes. is affected and struggles. Yes. It's it's rough. And so, your nanny doesn't have her sense of smell.
1: She doesn't, and food tastes different to her now. I mean, I think about her all the time, and 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 her daughter as well, who just had a baby. Same thing. They st- Both of them lost their sense of smell and taste. And we had the same COVID at the exact same time. And I had a doctor that gave me every single medication on the planet for it. They chose not to do that. But I was so scared because of my boys and everything that I was like, let's just take every single. And every, again, everybody's different. Everybody has their way that they coped.
0: You feel that that helped you?
1: I do. Okay, I do. And she would tell me every single thing, what it was doing. And she was Mm -hmm. saying, these are the things that you're going to take to help you prevent long COVID. So I feel like to get back to your original question, I feel like I'm very cautious right now. I was starting to relax again, like, oh, good. Our kids are going back to school and everything's getting, quote unquote, back to normal. But then I read stories about how the hospitals are getting over. And I didn't mean to make this, you know. COVID with Rachel and Lawrence.
0: Instead of the, one day you'll find it, the COVID (laughs) connection, the Rachel and LZ and me.
1: How good was that? You have a beautiful voice. Almost as beautiful as Kevin Gasset's voice. He never sang to me. Oh, it is not a delight. Let me just tell you that (laughs) right now. Can't sing a note. Okay. So this is what's going on. Crazy great things have happened career-wise. I got to star in this wonderful film with Bill Burr. I'm getting ready to shoot Jerry Seinfeld's newest film that he wrote with some other writers, obviously, and is directing and starring in. And I'm playing his wife in that. And it's very exciting work-wise what's going on. But I still have this anxiety going on about my kids being little and getting COVID, and then if they get it, it shuts everything down. I get shut down and we kind of have to live in the same house together.
0: (laughs) Were you an anxious person before this?
1: Oh, hell yes. Really? Oh yes. There's a reason.
0: Is that from being born in Ohio? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know.
1: Well, I think it's just honestly my genetic makeup, but then also I think it's being raised in Ohio, being raised in alcoholism, but also having wonderful parents, but also just the whole dynamic of stepbrothers and sisters and my dad not being in my life and having a wonderful stepdad that was my dad and a mother that was very complicated who grew up in an an orphanage and then had a baby at 19 and didn't know how to parent but did a great job and did the best she could. So there's a lot of things that go into me. You know what? And I'm grateful that I have a safe place to talk about all this with, that I have a program, that I have a sponsor, that I have wonderful supports and people that I get to check in with daily if I need to or every other day.
0: I love how open you are. I did not know that since we don't know each other. I sort of stalked you when we were on the set together for E Daily News. I got so excited. I put you in my Insta story and then I went home and I was like, damn it, damn it. I should have hugged you in that moment. (laughs) But I yeah. love the COVID hug, my arms out here, your arms out there, six feet apart. I love, since we're learning, since this is our first date, I love the fact that you put it out there.
1: In fairness, I know this about you. I know this about you. So I feel very safe also sharing it with you. And I mean, I know it's a Thank podcast, you. but I loved hearing your story. Thank you. I've listened to a few of your podcasts, but the one that really affected me was the one with Garcelle that I thought was so powerful. And also if you're friends with Kevin Gessay, Kevin Gessay, he knows where all the bodies are buried in my
0: life. You create your community. I remember years ago, my friend Lenora asked me to be the keynote speaker at this synagogue upstate New York, and they did a big pride service. And she said, I'd like you to tell your story. And I had never said publicly, my name is Lawrence Aaron and I'm gay. I'd never ever, ever said that because I'm older. I'm old. You're looking at me now in black and white. And that's just something we didn't do on television. I didn't know how to do it. I found out more about my sexuality when HIV was hitting and there was so much shame attached. And long story short, I stood up there in front of a thousand people and I said, my name is Lawrence Arian and I'm gay and I'm sober. And something shifted, something changed. I scream my sobriety and my sexuality at the top of the rooftops because A, it helps me not feel shameful. And then B, I think because I do what I do, there might be a young boy or a young girl that is struggling. And if I can show them that, you know what? You're going to be okay,
1: then why not do it? There's a, a show on Netflix right now called Heart Stoppers. I don't know if you've seen it, or watched it?
0: I haven't. No, no. I should watch. Okay.
1: A close friend of mine, basically he just said, if and he's gay, and he said, if I had a show like that when I was in high school, I don't know what the trajectory of my life would be. And he's like in his forties. So for those of us that are forties, fifties. In that ballpark. Yeah. In that ballpark. You know, we grew up in high school, Not no one was saying they were gay. You know, I mean, I dated every gay man <laughs> in high school. But I have an infamous story at, a, at the Sadie Hawkins dance where the way, you know women get to ask, the girls get to ask the boys. And I asked this guy, Jay Arder, and my friend Krista asked this guy, Brent. And we all went to the Sadie Hawkins dance together. And then years later, when I was in college, my friend Brent said, hey, P.S., I just want you to know, after we dropped you guys off at home, <laughs> Jay and I got together and fucked. Oh, And I was God. like, good, good, good to know, of course. Of course you did. Of course because, you guys did. Look,
0: I took sweet Nancy Phillips to the prom. Nancy Phillips was the sweetest girl, beautiful girl, red hair, on my mom's yeah. blue Cadillac. I wrote just promed instead of just married. My name on one side, her name on the other, and then I had the big wine and cheese basket in the back seat. So after prom. It was like 30 in the morning, and we were all meeting for breakfast at 5 o'clock, and there was like that window of this is the time. Bow, 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 and there was no bow. There was no bow, bow, and I spent like three hours telling Nancy why a friend was more important than anything else, and I also, happenstance, take, took Gregory home to go get condoms, and then Nancy and I had our moment, which was no moment. My nickname was Pushkins, and I'm like, there was no push here. There was no push <laughs> There was no
1: kid. There was no But nothing. Lawrence, I'm sure if we had gone to high school together, I would have been crazy in love with you. I mean, I am now. That's why you and Kelly, Kelly Ripa and I both, we, I mean, like, whoa, Kevin Gesse and I would have been the best dates in high school. We already knew it. We're like, we would have been best friends and I would have been hopelessly in love with him and he would have had the date with me saying, it's better for us to be friends.
0: So let me ask you this. I'm different. I love that term from wicked. You know, I've been changed for good. So many people say, gosh, I can't wait to go back to no, we're not, we're never, no, we're never going back. We're moving forward into new. And the thing that I've discovered about myself that I enjoy so much is having people over to my house, sitting outside and just talking. What makes you stop? And smell the roses differently in a way that you never have?
1: Well, wow, that's a good question. Well, first of all, I was going to, not to piggyback on this, but my favorite thing in the world, and my good friends will attest to this, is just to sit around a table with three or at the most five other people and talk and have a good meal with great lighting <laughs> and great great food and just talk and whatever comes up with no agenda, just like talk about whatever you feel. And I'm also that person that's like, tell me the most hilarious thing or tell me the saddest thing that's going on with you right now. I'd rather have an authentic conversation with someone. So that's great. But I think the thing that's happened through all of this is the thing that I've learned is that parenting for me is the number one thing right now. And that's the newest thing for me is to be kinder to myself about being a mom and the more kind I am to myself, the better mother I am. And through all of this too, I've learned to have respect for my children, even though they're three and five, that with help, I'm able to be authentically myself with my children to tell them when I'm feeling scared, when I'm feeling really proud of myself. When I'm not sure how to do this, or when they ask me a question to say, I don't know, but let's figure it out together. Don't you wish? And I'm just
0: gathering. Gosh, I wish my parents had these tools. Gosh, I wish they had different tools. And they just didn't know how to do it differently.
1: They didn't know. And I'll tell you, Lawrence, the day my life really shifted was when I, obviously doing a lot of work and my program and all of this. And I realized I heard someone say, if they had known how to do it differently, they would have, Mm -hmm. they only taught what they were given. And it shifted. It like really, it made me instantly compassionate toward my mother and my parents. It made me not judge them. And it made me have... Compassion that they really did do the best that they absolutely could. And if my mom had known how to do it differently, she would have. And she wasn't thinking, I really hope I'm messing her up right now.
0: (laughs) When I share at a meeting or I speak my story, I realized that parents had. Hold on for one second. Hey there, how are you? Hello. Oh, that is very sweet. yes. Yes. Thank you so much. That is (gasps) very sweet. Have a
1: nice day. You just got flowers. I did. Thank you so much. Beautiful flowers.
0: Okay, can I tell you something? Guess what today is?
1: Is it your birthday?
0: Today's my birthday.
1: Your official birthday. You look your birthday birthday.
0: Today's my official birthday. I am so honored. Are these from you? I wish they were from me. Dear Lawrence, happy birthday, my love. You. It's funny. Oh. I was struggling today. Happy birthday, my love. Yeah. You were my best friend and my family. Love you forever, Kim and Hunter. <sighs> wow. Ooh. Those are beautiful. They're
1: stunning.
0: Wow. That's beautiful.
1: Happy birthday. Oh my Lord. Thank you,
0: sweetheart. Thank you. The best gift today is spending it, spending it with you, and not knowing you, and feeling to jump back to what you're saying. My parents didn't have tools; they didn't know how to do it differently. You know, my mother died 20 years ago as an alcoholic, 58, wow. and didn't know how to do it differently. Was brought up during World War II, saw the ravages of the war. My dad was born in a third world country, so what do you do? Put two people together that have no tours and let's have kids.
1: And that's the same thing with my parents.
0: Long story short, my father. And I did not like each other. There was just no relationship. And then once my mother passed, my dad said, it was a very, life is very interesting. My dad called me because I literally flew out and had a trip to do. And I got to Texas. And my mother would always call me when I landed somewhere. My mother would always say, before I got on the flight, angels on your wings. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And my dad called me on this trip and he said, hey. And I said, hey, dad. And he said, I'm sorry that your mother died for me to make this call, but can I pick this up and start calling you? (gasps) And that was the first moment of healing. And you know, my dad has been dead now for 10 years, but Rachel? My dad, and this is another story for another time. My dad didn't understand and comprehend addiction. It just wasn't a part of his nature.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I know those people.
0: My dad gave me my birthday on my sixth year sober birthday. My dad would wake up in the morning when we go to Hawaii for vacations. He'd be like, okay. And my twin brother, Gregory, is also public about his journey. He'd say, okay, boys, let's go to the meeting. (laughs) So my dad would go to the meeting. And there's something about the forgiveness and the love and... Now, is your mom still living? No. When did she pass?
1: My dad passed away. It was probably 2016. And then my mom passed away in 2018 before my second son was born. There was so much about their whole passing that was amazing and beautiful. My dad, I got to be with him and was holding his hand when he... Took his last breath. And if you had told me that years ago, I would have been like, no way. That's going to creep me out. I don't want to do it. And it's honestly one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced to share that moment with someone.
0: And that term, you know, when my mother was dying, I was drinking like a fish. Was I there (sighs) uh, with my dad? You know, when you say the word, I got to be there. No, you were there feeling all of it. Have you been able to, it's funny, this conversation is not where I expected it to go. But that's, that's, no, but that's God's grace. That's literally God's grace. Have you forgiven your parents?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. A, a great story. My mom, I had a very difficult relationship with my mother. My dad was the alcoholic, but my mother was the one raised in alcoholism and had a lot of rage and was abusive physically. And when I had called her on it, when I was in college, she said, I never did that and i felt crazy i'd already been to therapy and my therapist said that's very common for the people that do that to not want to own it and so then long story short after the twin towers fell right mm-hmm. on 9/11 i get a letter in the mail a couple of weeks later from my mother <laughs> she writes to me and she said i just want you she didn't call me you know she just wrote me a letter and she said i just want you to know that if anything ever happened to me i would hate if i had never been accountable and apologized to you for Things that happened in your childhood, and I'm so sorry. It was like the thing you know that they say that happens like on a Tuesday at three o'clock, you don't expect it, and it just comes, and it was so huge. But I had already forgiven her prior to that, you know, I worked on it so much, and, and I had, had therapists and sponsors in my life that were like, You know, you may never get a, an apology from your mother, and that's okay, and it's okay, you're gonna be okay. The fact that you got that moment
0: is such a divine moment, and the thing that's so beautiful about it is, you know, w- we do our work. And we don't need that moment to move forward. Right. So many people, you know, my older brother blames my parents and I understand it. It was dark. It was tough. But, you know, these poor parents had no tools to do it differently. So how can you continue to blame when they didn't right. know how to do it differently? And my dad said to me, because there was physical energy, a lot of physical energy. And I said to my dad once, I go, dad, we were talking about the semantics of spanking and the highs and the lows and all of that. I said to my dad, as I was literally about to go in with doing my work under my belt, I said, wait a second, how did grandma raise you? And he said, sweetheart, your grandfather was an alcoholic. He was 37 years older than grandma. He was never home. I was born in a third world country and in Armenia at that time, I was a boy. Muslims and Turks were raping Armenian boys. And he said, so grandma would come home and not find me. She was afraid. She spanked me to put the fear of God in me. I would have done it differently if I knew how. I would have brought you on the bed, you and Vincent and Gregory. And I, I would have talked to you." I'm sorry.
1: How amazing (laughs) is that? Yeah, that's amazing. Rachel, so many people keep blaming. And a lot of times what they do is out of love. They think that's love. That's the thing is that it's like, this is loving. If I'm going to save my son's life and keep him from being harmed, I have to spank him to keep him in line. There isn't an alternative. They weren't taught to talk to you. But how wonderful (laughs) that your mother got that opportunity.
0: We, in our journeys with where we're at, we hear every story in the world. We hear it all. What would you be without that story? It happened. Live your life. You know, everybody says you keep going back to the past. Let somebody hold your hand and walk you to present because you're, li- you're losing your life. We just spent two and a half years still living through a pandemic, damn it. Live your life. Yeah. And you, let me just say this. Okay, so you, you, you know that you are my now new official BFF. Like, we are obsessed. <laughs> yes, I know. If Kelly Rip was my wife in my next life, you are the sister wife, but I think you're like my Thursday, Friday, and Saturday when I say, hey, babe, I'm going to go to the store. You're my store. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, great. I am there. We're a good yin and yang.
0: I'd love you to see my yin yang. Okay, so Rachel... <laughs> I'm going to say a couple things and then you tell me the first words that pop into your mind, okay? Okay, great. Yeah. I say, sister, sister, you say. Tia and Tamara Maori. Adorable. And your experience on it?
1: Yeah. My experience on it was insane. I was a 30 year old playing a 19 year old, and I swore a lot. And back then, the girls wore bracelets that said, What would Jesus do? (laughs) And I got in trouble. And I got in trouble for swearing and got taken aside a lot. And at a table read, this is back in the day, they had referenced Will and Jada Pinkett Smith on the show. And I didn't know Will and Jada. And I had to say, what would Will and Jada do? And I said, what would Will and Jada do? And I caused so much whiplash at that table read. They were like, (gasps) and then somebody took me aside and said, you cannot say Jada. Jada wow it's data and you need to know that so but that i mean the times have changed and knowing tamara (laughs) can i make you feel a little better because that's one of those things that always is
0: with you so i was on the red carpet it's the grammy awards and i'm interviewing i'm interviewing all the names keith urban just went by hey Katy perry had great moments with beyonce and then they give me the card and i'm like oh hey florida what do you feel like it was florida i wanted to die I wanted yeah. to die. Hey, Florida. Hey, Florida, yeah. No, I love Florida, and you, Florida. <laughs> Isn't that a tater tot? No, I'm kidding. I'm um, no because it sound, doesn't it sound like tater tots. It sounds
1: yeah, like Florida because it's Orida. Because oh, <laughs> we grew up, I grew up in the Midwest, so it's like Orida, Orida tater tots. Yeah.
0: Give me a TV dinner and Saturday night with Love Boat than Fantasy Island. I am the happiest boy in the world.
1: That's our Saturday night, and also Cheryl Hines and I did Fantasy Island the reboot.
0: Shut up. And we Shut were up. Like
1: this is insane. Our Saturday, this is, it was so meta and we got to play ourselves as high school people on the show. And we were like, do you understand when we were in high school, we would go babysit and then raid the refrigerator and watch, uh, watch the love boat and then fantasy Island.
0: The best thing ever. And I, yeah, best thing ever. Okay. So let's do this. I say it's my birthday. What are you going to buy me? No, that's not what I say. Okay. I say Gucci flats. Okay. Seriously. Oh, I love that. My address. 2180. Okay. 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 (laughs) I say, Desperate Housewives, you say.
1: I say, Nicolette Sheridan looked at me and said, you look like Lois Lane. Oh. Yes. And thank you,
0: Nicolette Sheridan, for joining us on You Were Beautiful with Laurence Jaron and Rachel Harris. <laughs>
1: she did. And I was like, okay. Luckily, at that point, I'd had a lot of meetings under my belt and stuff. And I just was like, okay. Okay. That's interesting.
0: One of my favorite shows of all time, and I loved it,
1: love it. I say The Good Wife, you say? <sighs> Alan Cumming, and oh my Lord, fantastic. And I got to wear a fur coat because we were shot outside and it was so cold.
0: And you got to work on the Universal lot, right? No, I was in New York. Oh, they shot that in New York? Yes,
1: outside.
0: Oh, I in see. In New that's Way, a, York. Okay, that's a fun fact. It was I did not know that. It
1: January, and it was freezing cold. Yeah. And I got to do a scene with Alan Cumming and I was very excited.
0: What is the best part of being uh, on Lucifer and sleeping with Satan?
1: Oh, well, the best part about being on Lucifer for seven seasons was getting to do, I've said this before, but my favorite thing was that Tom and I, I started out in theater. Tom and I got to do these two person scenes where we would just have extended scenes where we just talked like this like we're in therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it all goes back to that for me. That's all I want to do is talk and feel. And ex- and so we got to do mini plays. We felt like all the time in our scenes and there was no special effects. It was just raw talking because I was playing a therapist. So we loved that so much. And I wouldn't speak for him, but for myself, that was the greatest thing ever. And then just having the whole family, the crew and the cast and being able to know that I had a parking space that I had to drive to.
0: I worked on a show, you're reminding me, I worked on a show called Home and Family at Hallmark and we filmed at Universal. And that was the second reincarnation. The first round was on ABC Family and then 15 years passed, I Come Back. And I was on this show for seven years with such talented, talented people. And with the pandemic, with the way the world is, Hallmark came in and made some drastic sweeping cuts and they canceled our show. And we were all pretty devastated. And Debbie Matinopoulos said something so poignant that I've carried with me for a year now. She said, because it was called Home and Family and we were in this house, and maybe this will relate to what you just said, she said, it's not the house that makes the magic, it's the people. And you can take that magic to any house you want.
1: Tom Ellis, I just saw him on Sunday, the devil, Lucifer. We were just saying that the thing that everybody asks, why was Lucifer so successful? And what, you know, and the writing was phenomenal, but the group of people that, that was somehow that alchemy of those group of people together worked really well. And we all really loved one another and we fought like family we would have disagreements and work through it. And then it just made us stronger and it was really something special.
0: So let me ask you this. You know, it's funny when you have a podcast, just like with a script, you have sort of like a format because there are certain things yeah. that I want to hit. And with you, all of that is sort of flown out the window. <laughs> no, it just has because I literally, I think you're funny as hell. I love Uh, your energy. I love the relationship that you and Kelly have, the way you two put it out there. Please say hello to my future wife for me. I certainly will. So let me ask you this. This interview really took a left turn to, hey, let's go deep. We started with deep. Are you in? It's deep. Now, I usually ask all these questions, the direction I want to go in, but you've opened up my mind to so many other things. Life is really tough. People are really struggling to figure it out one day at a time. What sort of advice would you give to somebody that is stuck and can't get out of their way?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to my mind always is you never have to go through anything alone Mm. ever again, unless you choose to. And I would say, open your mouth and call someone, anyone, and keep calling people until you find someone that just listens and says, I hear you. And I can't tell you what to do, but I hear you and let's figure this out so that you feel like you're not alone. Because the second that I open my mouth and I start sharing exactly how I'm feeling and that I feel stuck or that I don't know what to do, that in my world means I allowed the universe, God, Buddha, nature, whatever, to come in and help me figure it out. It gets to one of those moments where it's like, I just admit in those moments I'm stuck. I'm going to turn this over to something else. And usually that helps me get unstuck. Also breathing, consciously breathing. consciously breathing and moving. When I feel stuck, if I get out and take a walk or if I start running on the treadmill or whatever, but just to get the energy moving. And I think it's just like to help you move through it is really incredibly important. I mean, at least that's what works for me. Picking up the phone and calling someone is always the first line of defense for me and sharing exactly how I feel.
0: I've learned that if I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to the wrong person. And yesterday, all I did was talk to myself and we're definitely swapping digits because it would be great to call you and say, Hey, you know what? I'm stuck or calling somebody else. I was advised to call people that are just starting a new journey, you know, pick up the phone get out of your head.
1: Oh my gosh. That's the main thing that when I call my okay, I'm just going to say it. When I call my sponsor, she says, you're always stuck in self-centered fear. That's always my go-to like self-centered fear. And she's like, call someone else, ask them how they're doing. And don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about what's going on with you right now. And I feel like that's actually the most helpful thing because- The number one thing is when we get out of ourselves and we're of service, right? Whatever that means for you. Like that's why when we're working, it feels so good, Lawrence, because we're being of service to something other than ourselves. We're being of service to the project or you're being of service to even this podcast, you're being of service to the people that are listening. I feel like being of service is the most underrated way of helping ourselves, get out of a funk, because it puts us into gratitude.
0: And we feel that there's a sense of accomplishment, that we're doing something that means something to somebody else, which then gives them this space of feeling seen and heard. And that is the one thing that I'm finding the most out of this podcast, you know, when Will, my producer that you met, he found me on Instagram and said, hey, let's do, so let's do maybe fashion or I like what you are and what you do on TV and it literally stalked me and would not let me go. And I feel that no, literally honest to God, I said to Jennifer Abel, the girl that works with me, my publicist, I know that sounds fancy, but she's a lot of money and I pay her a lot of money to help me do what I do and get the word out, like with this podcast, And the thing that I have found the most is God moves us like chess pieces. We're moved here. We're moved there. We're moved where we're meant to be. The pandemic created this new space of communication because we've all just spent our last couple of years looking at each other through Zoom meetings. And that is the most intimate because I'm just looking in your eyes. And my ex-boyfriend loved me. He didn't like me. My ex-boyfriend looked at me, but he never saw me. And to me, with what we're doing... We get to see each other close up. I
1: can relate to that.
0: And also with the masks. All we had was the window to our souls. Like, you have to look at me to see me. And either you see me and get me and celebrate me and meet me where I'm at, or there's a whole other world out there that you get to go choose. Pretty profound and pretty, pretty simple in its complexities.
1: Wow. I'm still taken aback with he loved me but didn't like me.
0: At all. He wow. loved me. Didn't have tools, didn't want tools, and didn't like me.
1: Well, that's a whole other podcast.
0: That's a whole other podcast.
1: Rachel and Lawrence, talk lovers.
0: I was struggling a little bit because of yesterday and some choices that I made. You have totally turned my world around and you've seen me and you've heard me. And I can't think of a better, better birthday gift today.
1: I'm so glad. I'm so glad you were born today. (laughs) I knew, I knew though. When I heard you talking with Garcelle, I was like, oh, he's my people.
0: Thank you. So here, Rachel, is my final question. Okay. Answer this for me. I, Rachel Harris, am beautiful because?
1: I, Rachel Harris, am beautiful because I am hopeful and abundant. And oh my gosh, I'm being honest. I want to sound good right now. (laughs) It's like, I want to say like the right thing, but I think I'm beautiful because I'm accepting that I'm a work in progress, that I am taking it a day at a time, that I am able to admit when I'm wrong, mm. that I'm able to be accountable and still know that I'm lovable when I make mistakes.
0: Can I throw one more thing in there?
1: Yes, please.
0: <laughs> a killer mom to Henry and Otto. Ah. Because you're giving them what we didn't have.
1: Yeah, I'm really trying. I think maybe that's the big thing. Like Rachel Harris is beautiful because she is really trying and doing her absolute best. This is probably one
0: of the best presents I'm getting today. Honest to God, Rachel. <sighs> We've tried this for a while. We had to move it around a little bit. Getting you hooked up was a little Jeez. challenging, but everything happens the way it's supposed to. And I've been able in the last hour to catch my breath again and be okay.
1: I'm so glad. Well, same. I feel like we've had like, honestly, well, I'm sorry. It feels like a meeting, but a really strong, like one-on-one meeting that was so full of love.
0: Will you do me a favor? Will you ask me that question that I just asked you?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Okay. All right. You, Lawrence, are beautiful because...
0: I am beautiful because I was able to suit up, show up and share this beautiful space with Rachel Harris and feel okay with where I'm at right now in my life. And know that in my next lifetime, I'm gonna have you Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And honestly, we're gonna rock that shit.